This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the MLS Multiplex podcast with contributors from MLSMultiplex.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the MLS Multiplex Podcast. As usual, Drew here with Josh and Connor catching you up on MLS week week three. Oh my gosh, it's already been three weeks. Week three of action in MLS. And I don't know if you guys still have CCL fever. I think my temperature has come down just a little bit, but we will talk more about that. Um, so yeah, it's been a wild week, wild week of soccer and no other sports happen. Nope, nope. Can't think of anything. Uh, but Connor lifted his hand up. So we're going to start off with Connor. How's the past week been treating you? How is school going for you? How is everybody's life in Canada? Well, first off, could you mute yourself and turn your mic down a little bit? You're a little hot. Oh, no. Thanks, Connor. I appreciate that. Uh, sorry, audio self things. Um, I'm going to ignore the co- secondary comment. Um yeah, decent, just still grinding away. It was, I think, 16 or 17 degrees Celsius today in Toronto. It was absurdly warm. Um, I was out in, like, a T-shirt. It was insane, and it felt great. Um, so that happened. Uh, the Jays got even better, you know, although I don't think either of these two want to talk about baseball. Uh, what? Yeah, what sport is that? I don't know what you're talking about. Is it a sport, or are you just, like – making up words right now talk about uh, the birds a bit of both uh, making up some words too uh acquiring chapman from the oakland athletics you also acquired a player from the oakland athletics um who nope <laughs> you're just making up sports teams right now blue jays and athletics i don't look I don't I, all i'm gonna say is i'm looking forward to taking the world series title from you uh, what's an athletic What's an athletic? What is this yes. World Series we so we have? And why are you taking it from us? <laughs> How did we get in the first place? How? By winning the World Series, uh, the MLB playoffs. It's a novel idea to you. I know you're not very used to winning in Atlanta, uh, but it, it you actually did it for once. And then your ownership made a, in my opinion, good decision by letting go one of the players from that World Series winning team. Um, but yeah, other than that, 
not much else has happened. Leafs are playing right now, so you're pulling me away from the Leafs game, and I'm not happy about that because they're wearing their green St. Pat's jerseys, and they're sick. Um, but, yeah. Josh, can you tell us about the Atlanta Braves? The who? <laughs> uh-huh. Um, yeah, no, Atlanta sports has decided for once – to be a good sports city. And then in the span of just a few days, they've decided to, to tear all of that down. Our beloved Atlanta Hawks are hawking NFTs, which is absurd. Stupid Harry, the Hawk NFTs. The Braves got rid of franchise face, Freddie Freeman. Ooh, like that alliteration right there. It's four F's in a row. Former franchise face, Freddie Freeman. Let's make it five. (laughs) Oh, number five. Former, Former first base face. Freddie Freeman's that's six F words in a row, which is about how many F words in a row I said out of my mouth when I saw the trade for Matt Olson from the Oakland Athletics. You could make it seven if you really want to. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Through the tears. And then in the meantime, the other F word, the Falcons decided they're going to go after a sexual predator and make him our franchise okay, quarterback. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're not trying to get sued here. He was not convicted in court. Um, so that doesn't make him not a sexual predator. Just no, because the law doesn't say he's open to being sued. So we're going to say suspected. <laughs> okay, you're right. Sorry. Alleged sexual predator. There you go. For for the Atlanta Falcons. At least I'm not mentioning his name. Yeah, so that's that's how it's been going. But in the meantime, speaking of F-words, Formula One is back this Sunday, and that can't hurt me because I don't have, like, an American driver that I have to care about. Or uh, Oh, man, if only there was a Canadian one you could care about. <laughs> I'm not going to give a single crap about Nicholas Latifi, Mr. Back of the Pack. Mr. That Stark is Williams. not the guy I was thinking of. Lance Stroll? There you go. Ugh, also a terrible choice but yeah, racing right. with daddy's money um but yeah <laughs> i ignore that okay yeah. um did you finish the series connor yes i had to binge it on saturday because my dad was going to chicago on sunday where he still watched it there so we binged it all day saturday nice yeah i think I think my dad, he was ahead of me for a few episodes, but I, I think I'm caught up to him now. I honestly thought there were only eight for some reason. And so when I finished the eighth episode earlier today and saw that there were two more, I was like, oh, heck yeah. And of course, they're both going to be about Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. So I'm excited to see those. But yeah, Formula One comes back on Sunday. Um, finally, something F related that's positive in my life. Uh, Drew, you are podcasting from a brand new apartment, a brand new city. How was your uh, first, I guess it was your first full week. How was the move? How was your your first full week up in Charlotte or almost a full week? Yeah, it has been good. I guess tomorrow will mark a full week in Charlotte. Yeah, it's super awesome. Uh, cool city. Getting to mess with the team a little bit. I just got back from a uh, field visit. The USL team, uh, first teamers, went to the youth club fields um, and just talked to a couple of those players. So that was really fun. Got to go see pictures of that. Got to meet the players. That was a lot of fun. Um, Yeah, we're getting ready for the home opener here in about three weeks-ish. USL League One season will start. I think USL started not too long ago. So I've been watching a little bit of that as much as I can in addition to MLS. NWSL starts tomorrow. I'm super excited about that. It finally feels like American soccer is 
fully back MLS, USL, NWSL, and then USL League One right around the corner. Uh, so yeah, super excited. It's been a cool transition. It's a cool city. Um, unfortunately, uh, the only time I got out of the city was to go watch our beloved Atlanta Hawks last night. And I wish I didn't go watch the beloved Atlanta Hawks because that was bad. Uh, but that's all we're going to talk about as far as sports go. Got everything installed here. So it's been about as good as moving can be. I think moving in general is already just a frustrating process. But, you know, we kept it as good as possible. So we're getting used to it. It's a cool city. If you guys have never been to Charlotte, highly recommend it. It seems like a cool place. But yeah, if there's nothing else cool happening in our lives, but Connor stuck his finger up. So yeah, Connor's friendly finger. You're not getting away without any questions. First of all, <laughs> when can we expect a player on the podcast? That's a great question that I do not know the answer to. I met two of them for the first time today. Um, and it was like, I kind of had to not be the biggest fan girl, even though I like, I have no idea how these guys are really. I'm just starting to get to know them. But there were these two Venezuelan dudes, and I talked to him about our King Joseph Martinez and Ronald Acuna, <laughs> and they were cool guys. But yeah, I don't know when the players. Maybe when they win uh, the League One Championship, we can have them on for a post championship thing. There you go. Yeah, are you going to catch a Charlotte game? I yes, absolutely. So it was annoying, right? The first time they play Atlanta in Atlanta's history, like the second I moved to Charlotte, the game's in Atlanta. So that was annoying. Uh, but they Atlanta comes to Charlotte April 10th. So about a month out, I will definitely be at that game. Might try and make another game. Um, because a lot of CFC's players play with independence. Um, the guy I totally am blanking on his name, which is terrible. Whoever scored the first goal in CFC's history play with independence for a couple of years. Um, and a lot of those guys spent time with us. So yeah, we'll definitely try and make it down there. It looks awesome. Uh, Bank of America is about 10 minutes away from me. So that's cool. So I will definitely be at CFC. Those games look awesome. Uh, do you get tickets comped because your relationship between independence and CFC? Uh, there is no relationship, actually. I think there oh. was just like a handshake might be the best way to put it. Obviously, don't want to botch that. But yeah, they're two separate organizations, um, but still kind of a mutual goodwill toward each other because obviously when CFC was getting started, the independents were here. Um, but yeah, they're two separate organizations, so I don't get comp tickets, unfortunately. I do, however, have independence comp tickets. So if you guys want to come watch USL League One soccer, I got the hookup for you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I'll gen it. I will pass on that one. Um, oh, man. TFC2, man. I think they're USL, though. Oh, they're in the last next pro. Oh, that's good. Yeah, the, uh, we played Columbus Crew 2. In a preseason game, I think we lost three to two. That was like the day I got up here. I was about to rip into you for saying we, but then I realized you're actually part of the team. So you can say we, uh, which that's a weird feeling. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> you don't get like used to it. Fair enough. Um, yeah, Josh, any questions uh, as you're eating your chip things? I'm eating pizza and drinking beer right now. Any questions about Drew's experience in Charlotte? Yeah, the exciting no questions. thing that is Charlotte. I'm just filing that away in my brain for when I want to come visit Charlotte. 
You're never going to visit Charlotte. Why not? Because why would you visit Charlotte? Because our friend Drew has just told us that it's a pretty cool city. It's not. It's I, went, probably, I went and saw Houston. It might be. Is it Atlanta's closest rival? It's either CFC or Nashville now. I want to say Charlotte's a little closer. Mm, I feel like it's Nashville. Maybe. Nashville's only three and a half hours from Atlanta. Yes, but Nashville's also in the West. So <laughs> for now, for now, for now. And isn't it Orlando? Orlando's no, really far Orlando's away. Like eight yeah. hours. New England, uh, New York. Are we talking? What are we talking about? Rivals? Ge- ge- geographic proximity. Charlotte oh, is four I, hours and fifteen minutes away, but Nashville's only three and a half, so it is still. Uh, Nashville. I was thinking MLS. Whoops. <laughs> but anyway, some soccer. <laughs> yeah. Yay. <laughs> do we have to um, talk about soccer? Yeah, actually, we do. Surprisingly, I feel like some. You uh, want to talk about what? Though. Me? Yeah. Why would I want to talk about soccer? Because it's of every the other sport we don't want to talk about. That we're going to talk about. Whatever. The seconds. Okay. Go ahead. Or I'll no, go it's ahead. fine. That doesn't uh, bother me that much, actually. It doesn't. No. All right. Well, for the listeners who can't see our document, um, you'll hear about that story in a second. First, Christian Pulisic scored for Chelsea in the second leg of the UCL against Lille. We will see how long he plays for Chelsea and how long Chelsea remains a club um, because, you know, rush owner and all that. Uh, so good for him. Yeah. Uh, in other news, Serginho Dest uh, is injured. He hurt his hamstring today in a match. Uh, it apparently doesn't look good. He's likely going to miss quite a bit of time. That's not ideal for the U.S., obviously, uh, especially when they uh, didn't even bring a left back in their squad for the World Cup qualifiers, but we won't talk about that today. That'll be they have Anthony Robinson. Hmm? They have Anthony Robinson. Do they? I didn't realize they brought him. Okay, they have one uh, in Anthony Robinson. But, yeah, there's that. And Alfonso Davies is back training. Kind of. Uh, He's ramping up uh, after recovering from myocarditis due to a bout with COVID. So, yeah, good news for Canadian teams, except, unfortunately, he likely won't be available for the World Cup qualifiers. MLS news. Charlotte confirmed the signing of Camille Joswiak. Joswiak? Joswiak. I think Joswiak probably makes more sense. Um. I think we talked about him before. I don't know if he's ever, I don't think he played. No, 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 no. I don't think he'll be available until I think he was able to make it uh, to the game. No, I feel no, like I, I saw a picture he... of him in the stands or is yeah, that someone like else that. that's been in a game? Not entirely sure, but he, I believe he is stateside now, but I'm sure. Oh, he's injured anyway. Remember? And then, by the time he's back from his injury is when he'll have his like visa sorted out. So it will be at least a couple of weeks before he's able to um, actually see the field with Charlotte. Okay. Interesting. Also breaking NFL news. Uh, the Falcons have now pushed back the 7.5 million roster bonus due Friday to Matt Ryan to Tuesday. Uh, so yeah. Um, when you said Atlanta Falcons, I was ready to lose my mind. <laughs> it's gonna happen okay next up 
Minnesota United acquired Kamar Lawrence from Toronto FC in a trade. Uh, it was Shane O'Hearn, the rights to him, who's like a 23-year-old defender in the USL, uh, and 50000 in conditional GAM in exchange for Lawrence. Kamar wasn't in TFC's plans, hence why they moved on from him. He was also getting paid uh, like 330000 bucks. So decided to move him on. Uh, next up, St. Louis City, uh, the team that is not yet playing games but are making signings, have brought in Roman Berkey, Borussia Dortmund's goalkeeper, I believe is Swiss international. Uh, interesting that they're bringing in such a high-profile name. I'll be very interested to see what his contract is. Uh, he reportedly turned down offers from some other pretty big clubs to come to MLS and have that experience. So we'll hopefully know that, I guess not even this season, like two seasons, next season, because he won't count. Uh, but he's staying with Dortmund until St. Louis start playing. Houston Dynamo have signed Brazilian winger Tiaguinho, Tiaguinho from Flamengo. Yeah. Yep. Uh, on a loan with a purchase option. I didn't even see this. I don't know how long today. This. It was, it was announced today or yesterday. Yesterday, I think. And uh, I believe Tommy Scoops was the one who reported it. Okay. Is he good? Who knows? Who knows? Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I guess we, we all thought Brenner was going to be good, and then he wasn't. So, you know. Uh, NYCFC announced the signing of Brazilian forward Gabriel Pereira. Again, I didn't even oh, see this. <laughs> announced today. 19-year-old. All right. Uh Knowing NYCFC, he's going to be the second coming of Tati Castellanos. Uh, but just ran through all of those stories and some of the stuff that's happened in the past week. Anything really stand out to you? Anything you really hate? Uh, anything you really love? What do you think about the last week of news in MLS? Two things for me. Maybe three. Maybe you should go first, Drew, so I don't steal what you're going to talk about. Uh, I'm oh. actually going to jump in here because we forgot oh, right. to add this. Uh, Chase Gaspar uh, voluntarily uh, put himself into MLS's uh, substance use and abuse protocol uh, program. I'm not sure exactly what they call it. Uh, but, yeah, good for Ch uh, Chase Gaspar taking his health and his well-being into his own hands and getting help. Um, and hopefully he comes out even better than when he went in because um, he's a great player and you never want to see somebody going through that. Now, Drew, you clearly wanted to say something. What is your biggest piece of news, favorite, least favorite, whatever, from the past week? I think my biggest thing is obviously some of this has like some unknown because not going to lie. I don't watch these Brazilian forwards and wingers and things like that. I'm Kamara Lawrence. We've seen him play really well at MLS. There's kind of that. We know he can do it in the league. I don't really see he was able to do it, but my biggest thing is just the dynamo continuing to make these big signings. Uh, we've talked about them a lot with Hector Herrera and the new just market, the idea of Houston being a big city. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, Houston, right? And it feels like this is just so the Dynamo are finally cool. 
for the first time. I was going to say cool again, but for the time I've been an MLS fan, the Dynamo have just been this irrelevant franchise you just forgot about. And now, holy crap, they're making a bunch of signings, new ownership. Um, this is probably the most we've ever talked about the Houston Dynamo in consecutive weeks in this podcast history because they've never really just been that relevant. But now they are. So my biggest takeaway is Houston continuing to get it done. Um, they had a win this weekend, be Vancouver, which is good. But I think we'll start to see these results pile up as these new signings get acclimated to the league, acclimated to the city, into the squad, and things like that. So, yeah, my biggest takeaway is Houston continuing to rack it up and get some big signings. Uh, yeah. But St. Louis, obviously, that's a big deal. So, But my biggest takeaway is going to be Houston signing another player because their ownership has been tearing it up as of late. Yeah. What about you, uh, Josh? As Drew kind of touched on it with the like the signings of the Brazilian players, but it's I think we can officially say that MLS like has a hold in that market now, which is really cool to see because you know first we had to see them kind of break into Argentina consistently. Um, you know we've seen them get into Paraguay a little bit, Colombia a bit, um, even Ecuador, but not a ton of Brazil. So that seems to you know that seems to be a full on change now. Other things, St. Louis City. Props to them for, again, getting stuff taken care of now, especially international signings. I saw someone bring up this good point on Twitter this past week, but, you know, you can't really take care of domestic or MLS signings until the season actually ends and you see who's available, you know, free agents and things like that and the kinds of trades you want to make. But you can go ahead and get international signings out of the way. And we've seen, especially Charlotte this year, what happens when you wait until the last minute? Yeah, things fall through. You run into legal troubles. Guys get injured. Uh, and so it's really good to see St. Louis go, you know, they've gone on ahead and especially really tapped into Bundesliga through um, Lutz von and Steele's connections from his time. And I think it was Hoffenheim. So that's that's cool to see. I have, a you know, the more and more St. Louis make moves like this, the more and more it seems like they're going to be really good to start next year. Do you want to say something, Drew? question and you kind of just touched on it there if we're super far i guess we're but we're not that far right but still super far away because we have an entire mls season to go through st louis city's first season is it going to be closer to atlanta lafc or cincinnati miami level i mean as of right now it's definitely going to be closer to atlanta lafc it depends on who they make their dps right that's going to be what puts them over the edge as far as how successful the first season will be but just based on the way they've started building the roster, they've already got the MLS next pro team, which will start playing in just a week or two. They've already got an Academy going their stadium. I believe is going to be finished by the time they play. Like they've gotten all the tough logistical stuff out of the way. It's just going to come down. I think to those big players. Continuing on the St. Louis note, Taylor Twelman tweeted out, uh, they have above 60,000 season ticket deposits and their MLS Next Pro team opener is a week from tomorrow, and it is probably going to be sold out, according to Twelman, who I think is from St. Louis. So he has a pretty good hold on the St. Louis sports scene. But looks like that's going to be an awesome market for soccer in this country. Yeah, he's – sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. I have another – Twelman's definitely got a, a hold in the uh, St. Louis market because he is from there. Um and then the 60,000 deposits, I believe that's just people who have shown interest, but that's, I think, a higher number than Charlotte and Atlanta. So, and their stadium's not going to be near as big, obviously, since it's not going to be an NFL stadium. And the last thing I wanted to say about all this news this week, did you guys see what Charlotte's technical director said when they announced the Camille Josiak signing? Did you see his comments 
Okay. He made some comment about Josiak scoring in the Euros for Poland against teams like Spain. And he was like, if he, they can do that, then why can't he score, you know, in Real Salt Lake? And so I thought that was really telling. Uh, I feel like I can't remember his last name. It's Zoran. I don't, I don't even remember how to pronounce his last name. There's like a bunch of consonants next to each other. But I don't know. This guy seems to be taking a sort of arrogant position when it comes to, you know, the way Charlotte's decided to build their team, which we've touched on a lot. It's very international heavy, not a lot of domestic players, which is a bit ironic. We'll get into that later when we talk about their game against Atlanta this past weekend. But yeah, I just felt like, I don't know, not a, not a smart thing for this, excuse me, for this GM to be saying, especially with all the criticisms that Charlotte have received on the way they've built the roster. And, uh, yeah, just not a good start from them. And we've already seen issues between him and their coach, Miguel Angel Ramirez, who doubled down on his screwed comments, by the way. Honestly, don't blame him. Uh, final question on the news, though. What do you think Berkey's roster designation is going to be? One word answer. TAM, DP, salary cap. Although Tam and salary cap are like the same thing. Yeah, just because having a DP goalkeeper seems impossible to me. I'm just going to say Tam, but man, I just got some pizza stuck in my throat, but I'm just going to say Tam. Also, just want to throw this in there. Okay, go Josh. I got pizza in my throat again. <laughs> I would be I would be shocked if it wasn't Tam because I feel like they're smart enough to make it a Tam signing. If if they were really geniuses, they would make this like just a normal roster spot and it wouldn't be TAM designation or DP designation because it's a goalkeeper. And everybody knows you stick with domestic goalkeepers because they're cheap and because there's plenty of talent in North America and the States and Canada. So it, it better not be a DP, but even more impressive if it's not a TAM. All right. Uh, yeah, so that's sort of the last week in MLS. Uh, not much else to talk about in terms of news we'll dive into the games in a second before we do that though we have different games to talk about those being ccl we sort of previewed it last week uh the mls teams looked like they were in unbelievable positions to move on the only one who looked a little bit in trouble were uh, montreal who went to mexico and only lost by one the other teams went in like pretty decently. Um, le- all of them left with or leading. And then the games happened. Um, which games do you guys want to start with? I think we st- let's start with Cruz Azul, Montreal. We'll go in, uh, I don't know, least surprising to most surprising, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Cruz Azul tied to Montreal. 1-1, one, one, uh, which meant Montreal lost on aggregate 2-1. Uh, Rudy Camacho scored Montreal's only goal. What were some of your big takeaways from that game? Because, Josh, you threw something in our Slack chat uh, while it was going on that I found was interesting. Um, <clears throat> let me look back at what, what I said. It was about their striker, Honduran um, striker. Thank you, Romel Kyoto. Right, of course. Yeah. You know, actually, my main takeaway from this Montreal tie against Cruz Azul, this this home and home series, is that they just don't have a good striker. Like they need 
someone to finish their chances because Montreal are really good at creating chances. They're really good at moving the ball up the field. But yeah, I mean, Romel Kyoto, man, he missed multiple opportunities. Oh, right. Here's what I said. You know who sucks more than Adam Buxa? Romel Kyoto. That's what I said verbatim right there. Um, and I stand by that. It's not a hard, not a hard take at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, there were numerous times Kyoto had chances. There were actually a couple of really good one-on-one chances that he could not get past the keeper that ended up being offside anyway, but it just showed that it was not Kyoto's night in the slightest. And when it's not Kyoto's night, it's not Montreal's night. Um, I don't know what's up with Mason Toy. I guess he's holy crap. That was bad. Woof. That was really close. Um, yeah, so I don't know what's up with Mason Toy. I guess he's still coming back from injury, which is really worrisome because it's been a long time since he's seen the field. But other than him, I mean, they just don't have any good striker options. So feeling that they're going to keep running into at this point. Giassi's artist to Montreal. I Ooh, was, I would like it, that. You know who else I was thinking? Lucas Cavallini. It's going to be very glitchy because I'm trying to pull up the roster now to see if they can add a DP. Who Montreal? I can't remember. Yeah. They should be able to, right? Because it's just one Yama and I guess Mihailovic that are on DP contracts. And I bet Mihailovic's contract can be bought down with Tam. Wanyama uh, is a DP. That's it. Jesse Zardes and Lucas Cavallini make a lot of sense. Yeah. Either one of those, I feel like, would be an instant upgrade for Montreal. Because at some point, they're going to either have to get Mason Toy back in there or they're going to have to move on from him. Because, like I said, it's been a long time since they've played him. Yeah. Man, this team... They've got potential. Yeah, he, dude, Mihailovic is a homegrown player. That's absurd. I forgot they got his homegrown rights when they got him from Chicago. That's a smart move. Oh, man. That's unreal from Montreal. Um, but yeah, they need a striker desperately. And with Zerda's on the block, uh, with I don't know if they'll want to trade him in conference. Uh, I could see them potentially not being in favor of that, but a guy like Lucas Cavallini could make some sense or bringing in somebody else from outside of MLS even. Like they just need a guy who can put the ball in the back of the net. And if they can do that, they're going to be up there with some of the best teams in MLS, period. Um, You know who would really kill with Montreal? This will never happen, but he would be a perfect fit. Joseph Martinez. Yeah. The service he would get in Montreal would be, I mean, he, he would get back to his MVP scoring, like for sure, almost instantly, I think. Yeah, that'd be insane. It'll never happen, as you said, but that would be. No, no. Uh, who are they partnered with again? Who owns them? What team is uh, that? Bo- Bologna. Bo- uh, Bologna. Yeah, Bologna. Yeah, Bologna and, and Serie A. Do they have any good strikers? I mean, I'm not, not going to look it up because my computer will just glitch out again. Um, that could make some sense, maybe, if they could figure something else out there. Uh, but yeah, they need a striker with the big takeaway. It's unfortunate they're out of CCL, but it's sort of understandable against a very good Mexican team. Uh, the next one, less, su- less expected. Um, Communicaciones and NYCFC. Communicaciones won the match four to two, but lost on away goals. Uh, Castellanos scored an just absurd free kick. It was so nice. Uh, and Talis Magno added another goal for NYCFC. 
Does this game worry you that Communicaciones got four past NYCFC? Not really. Just because at this stage, it's just win and see what happens. Um, you knew Communicaciones was going to throw caution to the wind. They were going to throw everything they had at NYCFC. And then, yeah, eventually it's going to work. You don't play bad teams in this competition anymore. So I'm not too worried about it. I'm actually pretty confident, I think, in NYCFC which is probably why they're going to break my heart here in a couple days or whatever. Um, but also, I mean, the other side of that, right, is that MICFC scored five on Comunicaciones. Uh, so, yeah, scored three in the first leg and then two in the second leg. So I'm not really worried about them. I think they'll be just fine. Uh, who do they have? Do we know who they have in the semifinal matchup yet? Um, they're playing the winner of the Seattle Leon game, I'm pretty sure. So both MLS teams are going to be in the same semifinal together. I hate, yeah, CCL fever. I've, yeah, I've not, I'm not positive for that anymore. So that's, it's more like a CCL hangover, you know? That's a good, that's, yeah. I feel like crap. They got us again every freaking year they get us. Uh, no. Yeah, I, not, uh, I think Seattle's better. I think Seattle's going to win that. But I'm not worried about NYCFC because of this Communicaciones performance. I'm worried about NYCFC. Because unless they blow it with 70 minutes left, um, I'm more worried about them having to play Seattle. But that would be a fun matchup. It's unfortunate that it'll only be one MLS team um, because the other side did not get the job done, as we'll talk more about that other team in Foxborough here soon, I bet. But, yeah, I'm not worried about MICFC at all. Yeah, we'll dive into that team from Foxborough in a second. Um we talked about this a little, a couple weeks ago. Um, and before we dive into the next team, because this sort of dampens the expectations, but do you think that this is the year? No, 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 I'm done. Yes. I've given up Josh. Don't let him do it to you. Stop. I, st- I still think happen. it's the year. Obviously the chances have gotten thinner, but in hindsight, it's not all that surprising. Um, Again, like you said, we were expecting Montreal to not get the job done, and they put up a good fight. Now, let's go ahead and talk about this next team. God almighty. Let's talk about this next game. Yeah, yeah, we have to. So here's my experience with last night with the the New England Revs and Pumas, right, down in in Mexico. Before you say that, I just want to say I called it. Yes, you did. You did say this last That is a skinny worse Josie Altador. (laughs) Um, And then the actual Josie Altador is just – not a good version of himself anymore, but I uh, watched, I suffered through that Montreal game last night, which wasn't very fun. And then I crawled into bed and put on the Seattle game or the new England game. Sorry. And kind of started watching. I fell asleep um, or I started to doze off. I'll say I roll back over to check the score. It's like 20 minutes in and new England's down one, nothing. And I'm like, Oh, that's not good. It's kind of early to be giving up a goal, even though you're already up three, nothing on the aggregate, but three, one, right. I slept pretty soundly after that because I'm thinking, yeah, it's okay. No one's ever blown a three, one lead. We've never seen that before. Started having CCL fever dreams, you know, (laughs) and then then I wake up, I wake up in a panic because I accidentally hit snooze too many times. So I'm like, oh crap, I'm going to be running late to work. I, you know, I'm, I'm quickly getting ready, getting ready. And I'm trying to sneak in I'm checking my phone. I picked the, the worst night to go to bed at like, 10 p.m. because this was the night that freddie freeman got you know he signed his deal with the dodgers so my phone is blown up from my friends by that and then i go to check 
it's not important. And then I, I go to check the MLS scores and what do I see? I see that new England blew it. They blew actually no backup. I'm sorry. I did wake up in the middle of the game around the 77th minute and saw that it was three, nothing Pumas winning. And I just closed my iPad and went back to sleep. <laughs> so I did see that it was tied on aggregate. I was like, ah, that's it. This is over. And then of course they took it to penalties and, and Pumas won four, three on penalties. So yeah, yeah. This this make this reminds me of last week when we talked about New England, and I mentioned that they have a good amount of veterans, they have a lot of good experience, and that's why they should get through. And then I also said they have a good balance of youth. But then I realized as I was trying to list off the young players that they only have one young player. It's Tawan Jones. They don't have any other young players. Um, uh, is Brandon By a little young? He. Yeah, yeah, I'll go ahead and count him too. Either way, though, that's your fullbacks that are your youngest players. Yeah. And I'm not saying necessarily that age really had anything to do with last night's loss, but when you look at this team and the games they've had to play over the last few weeks, they had to play in the snow last week against uh, CCL competition. They had to play on the snow this past weekend, which we'll talk about in a little bit when we talk about some of the league games. So they've just been through a lot, and I just wondered the kind of toll it's taking on that squad, if it's fresh enough. You know, Bruce Arena is not a guy that loves to rotate his teams. And he's also not a guy that's willing to change his tactics. The 4-4-2 diamond did not work last night, by all accounts, by everything I saw from people that watched the game and observed the game. And his unwillingness to move away from it, you know, kind of kind of really hurt them. And this is not the first time we've seen a Bruce Arena coach team not be flexible enough on the road in CONCACAF competition when it really matters, right? Kuva, 2017? Yeah, so... Not a good track record with this sort of deal. And, uh, I, and I mean, hey, he doubled down. I mean, respect, I guess, that he's like so dead set on his way because they someone straight up asked him in the post game after, you know, did you pick the right tactics for this game? And he said yes. So I, I don't know what to make of that. I just think it's really odd because they certainly have the talent, right? Carlos Heel was, was very good last night, and they, they found a way to blow it in an embarrassing fashion. Look, he's the most winningest coach in MLS for a reason, right? So I guess you got to give him a little bit of a benefit of the doubt, but at the same time, you can't be blowing this game. You just can't. Like, yes, their center back pairing sucked. They didn't have Andrew Farrell. But if your back line is so weak that if you lose one player, you're just screwed against Pumas, that's a problem. And Earl, it's... Earl Edwards Jr., I think is his name. Um, he's okay. Like, he's fine. He's serviceable. Yeah, he's serviceable. I think he should have done better on that second goal and the third goal, frankly. Um, but, you know, what can you do? He's not Matt Turner, though, and that's a problem. Um I don't know if they addressed the goaltending come Turner leaving. It's sort of, this is giving a really interesting look in the mirror, I guess, in terms of how good this team actually is and how much they rely on Matt Turner. <coughs> uh, but yeah, also Adam books is not good. Gustavo Bo leaving with, I think potentially an injury. That's a big problem for them. Uh, and Josie Altador is Josie Altador. Like, 
he's good in moments, but he's not what he used to be. He's older. He's slower. Um, and he doesn't work next to Adam Buxa. I'm just going to say it. He doesn't. Uh, they don't work together, but yeah, that was a game. New England had to win that thing. They just had to. And I said it last week that the team I was most worried about of the three leading going into this week's games, and they blew it. So, yeah, I don't know if this spells the spells trouble for them this season, but it certainly isn't a good sign that they are already having these kind of meltdowns this early in the year. I think this New England's going to be a good team. There's no way they're going to do what they did last year. That will, I mean, even though supporter shield records get broken every 15 minutes now, it feels like New England's not going to be what they were last year. They're going to be good. They're going to be a fine playoff team that will probably have the same fate as they did last year, get knocked out in the first or second round. Um, they're just, that's it. They're a good team. They're not great. They're not NYCFC. They're not Seattle. They're not Nashville. They're just good. And my biggest takeaway from this game is that Carly Seal is that dude. He's so good. He put the team on his back, almost did it. If Buxa, he converts one chance, they win, they lose 3-1, they go through. They had their chance to do it and just didn't put it away. Um, at times, it just felt like it was Carlos Heel against the world. You'd see him make this crazy tackle on one end, and then he's creating a chance on the other end. And that was it. There was really no one else to help him. Um, but, yeah, I think as far as, like you said, Connor, about the spelling trouble, I think this is just – they're going to be all right. They're not going to be terrible. I think they'll make the playoffs. They have a lot of talent. Carlos Heel is phenomenal. Um, yeah. They're decent, and they might I mean 2021, right? Having a historic shield year, that's a pretty good way for that group to go out. Um, Tejan and then Matt Turner coming out here soon, which doesn't he have like, like his toes frozen or something like that from playing in the cold? Is that what the thing is? No, that was a dumb rumor. It's not actually, oh uh, man, it's just an uh, ankle injury. Oh uh, man, that would have been the most soccer thing ever, but yeah, I mean, he's gonna leave anyway, so they're gonna be fine. They're not gonna be great, they're not gonna be terrible. They're not Cincinnati, they're not Nashville. I think it's the best way to put that. They look like a team who are lacking pace up top, and it sucks that they lost all of their pace up top during the offseason. So, yeah, I think they could struggle going into the season, but I don't think we have anything else we want to talk about in terms of CCL. Uh, obviously, Seattle is playing right now, as we mentioned. Uh, we'll see whether or not they can come out on top and make it an all-MLS semifinal. It's currently 0-0, so I guess in a good spot considering they are leading right now. But, yeah, let's dive into some MLS games because those happened. Uh, and we're going to start it off with one of those CCL teams, which nearly blew it, NYCFC, beating another one of those C- uh, CCL teams, which lost Montreal. 4-1, uh, to one, NYCFC unveiled the greatest championship banner we've ever seen in the history of sports. Um, <laughs> definitely wasn't zip-tied on and then immediately cut off after the game. Um, also definitely not the size of your standard, uh, shower towel, like bathroom towel. If Take that, notes, Yankees, that's how it's done. Yeah. That might be a little generous, Josh. 
Um, I don't even know if it was that big. It was pathetic. Uh, but they unveiled their banner. So I guess congratulations to them. Uh, goals came from Alexander Collins, defender, uh, Santiago Rodriguez, Talis Magno. So he had a great week. And Tiago Andrada. Montreal's goal came from Zachary Bro Guillard. Uh, we'll see if he gets named to the Canadian national team for the upcoming international window. Montreal are off to an 0 3 start in MLS. Should we be worried about them? Or is this just a team who's dealing with CCL and the rough start that every CCL team always has at the beginning of the season? It's just CCL. Only problem is if they have uh, lots of injuries, but I don't think that's really an issue. Um, So they'll be fine. And especially now that their CCL run is over. True. I don't think they're fine. I picked them not to make the playoffs in the first place. And I think what was it? Minnesota last year lost four games and then they later became the first team in history. I think to lose the first four games of the season, turn around and make the playoffs. Montreal lost three in a row. The good thing, there's a couple teams in the playoff race right now, DC and Chicago that you're kind of like, uh, more so DC than Chicago because Chicago is just going to get these signings and go crazy. I think, um, but, I mean, Orlando's in the way. The Revs are in the way. I can think of seven teams in the Eastern Conference that are better than Montreal, and they're not on a good start right now. So I think – I don't think they'll make the playoffs. I think the CCL – I mean, it is a normal hangover, but I think it's just costing them a lot more than other teams because the Revs, right, uh, one win so far. Seattle's currently sitting. Seattle's struggling as well. One win so far. Um, who else we got? Who else we got? So Montreal is definitely hurting the most out of the CCL fever. NYCFC one win so far. Um, and I think it's going to cost them. So I think Montreal is really going to hurt. Uh, this is a tough run for them. So I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think I picked them in the first place, but CCL is kind of taking its toll on Montreal. And I don't really know if they can get out of it because a lot of these Eastern conference teams, I mean, with these summer signings, TFC has coming on, like who's to say they're not going to turn it on. And then you have another team. You got to jump in the standings because they have one point Montreal has is literally behind Charlotte, Miami right now. So we'll see. I think it's too big of a hole for them to climb out of. I don't think they're good enough to climb out of this hole considering the talent the Eastern conference has. Does that change if they get a striker like Zardes or Cavallini? No. Interesting. I think we would just be saying, what if they got them earlier? So I don't think they're going to do it. I think this is too big of a whole thing to climb out of. Interesting. Okay. So we got two conflicting perspectives in Josh thinking they're going to be fine. And it's just CCL killing uh, them and Drew. It is just CCL, but CCL punched him in the face. Okay. And I don't think they'll be able to get back up. So they've been punched in the face by CCL so hard that they can't get up. They're the me character where they're shaking the remote as much as possible, but you just can't do it. You get to the nine and you just know you're done. Right now, they're, we're in the count. <laughs> Great analogy. Where do you think they are in the count, though? Where are they in the count? So what, not, uh, nine is like the last one? Yeah. So it goes from one to nine. One to uh, one to, so 10 is like, yeah, the final. You're done. Six. 
Six. Wow. Three games in and we're already at six. We're already at six. Josh, where would you put them? Did you say zero to ten scale? Yes. Ten being you're knocked out. Um, sorry, we've already just spent so much time on this first game. Um, and we still have 13 games to go. <laughs> Get there. We have you ever played Wii Boxing? Uh not in a long time. Okay, but you know how it works? How you gotta shake your remote to Yeah, I was always really bad at it. And CCL really is that Matt character you can't beat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um I, I don't think Montreal is knocked out that bad, so I'll give him like a three. All right. Let's go to our next game because Josh wants to go to bed because he's an old man. Columbus, <laughs> two to one. Um, goals by Lucas Celarayan, uh, an outside the box shot, and Derek Etienne with the Bradley Red Phillips tribute, by the way. That was pretty sick. Uh, TFC's goal came from Jesus Jimenez. Um, TFC have looked just brutal to start the season, but Jesus Jimenez could go down as one of the signings of the offseason. This guy is really good. Hey, Connor, what was that BWP tribute, by the way? Uh, he did some dance thing. I'm, oh, yeah? A dance thing? I can't remember what it was. I, I put that in the doc, by the way. I just want everyone to know. I remember the Josh, can you do the dance for me? I don't know what it is. Yeah, I needed He clicked his heels, which was BWP celebration. Oh, my right. gosh. Right. Okay. Look, I remember the celebration. I can't remember what it was. Whatever, whatever. Let's go. No! Uh, I assume something just happened in the Seattle game. Hold on, Seattle I'm like a second sucks. behind. Hold on, hold Jordan. on. Oh, are you kidding me? What? Seattle oh, Jordan Morris, you're doing too much, my man. Jossie's art as a Seattle. Oh, yeah, Jossie would have scored <laughs> that with like his butt. <laughs> I assume Jordan Morris just missed an easy chance. Man, he was so wide open, like like eight yards away from the box, like in between the penalty spot and the six-yard box. But anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll get to Seattle in half a second. LAFC beat Miami 2-0 in Fort Lauderdale. You said, so, Josh, you put fun post-game comments from Phil Neville. Yeah, yeah. So just to sum it up real quick, uh, Phil Neville basically threw Gonzalo Higuain under the bus for not scoring and assisting which is real rich considering the lineup uh, Neville put out there. I mean, he continued to start Breck Shea as a center back, which obviously did not work because he got a red card in the first half and the game was over at that point because of said red card. And then, uh, yeah, and then on top of that, Higuain is literally their best attacking player. And he's just asking too much from a 30-something-year-old, slightly washed-up player being played out of position on a team that is built poorly. So I don't know what Phil Neville is on right now, but he also doubled down on those comments in his press conference today, which led me to type out, is he on the hot seat? Yes or no, Connor? Uh, No, because he's David Beckham's friend. Let me take that back. Should he be on the hot seat? Yes. Uh, Drew, yeah, should he be on the hot seat? To begin with. I have pizza. Yeah, he's dumb. His women's soccer hey, takes be, are terrible. This you Lucy be careful Bronx. with that pizza, man. You just got to Charlotte. I know. I'm going to choke. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he should be on a hot seat. He's trash. I, I also agree. I don't like his comments. I don't like his like failure to assess the reality in front of him. I don't know. It, it feels like he's trying to like start crap in the locker room, and it's just this can't end well. It can't. Remember the last time somebody tried to start crap in the locker room? Oh, right. They got hired by Manchester United. Maybe he's doing the right thing. He's trying to fail upwards. 
Yeah. <laughs> He's going for that Manchester United job once Ralph Ragnick gets fired. Uh, Frank DeBoer. It worked. Hey, yeah. you never know. Uh, maybe he's just playing the game and we're galaxy all... brain. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it makes sense. Maybe it makes total sense. Uh, but yeah, let's go to Seattle who beat LA galaxy three to two at home. Seattle schools came from Jordan Morris, Freddie Montero, who's had a pretty good season and uh, Xavier Arriaga. LA Galaxy's goals came from Chicharito. Javier. Javier. Who? Oh, what? It's Javier Ariaga. It's an X. Yes. And it is pronounced Javier. Okay, that's dumb. Uh, Just like Chicharito's real name, Javier. Yes, but that's a J. Yep. So that makes sense. Whatever. Douglas Costa got his first goal uh, for LA Galaxy. First question, where is Raul Ruiz Diaz, first of all? And is this so terrifying, this Seattle team so terrifying that they don't even need Ruiz Diaz to do well this season? Well, Ruiz Diaz is hurt. Uh, I don't remember what the injury is or the extent of the injury. Obviously, it's taken him a long time to get fit. Clearly, Seattle doesn't need him. Uh, they clearly don't need Nico Ladero either, uh, judging by the 3-0 win over Leon last week and then now this 3-2 win. Even more impressive is the fact that Seattle wasn't even that good and they managed to get all their goals on set pieces. Like, that's a team that just, like, you know, scrapped out a win, basically. Um, which, I mean, more power to them as a home win over what looks like a much-improved LA Galaxy team and it's kind of a measuring stick for both teams, I think. So don't give me that face. They, they hadn't conceded a single goal before this game. And the fact that they're only on set pieces means, yeah, Galaxy have not conceded an open play goal at all this year. So that in and of itself is impressive from a team that was not very good defensively last year. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 yeah, Seattle's just really good. They're just stacked. They, they, there's a reason why this was their 200th win as a club, and they're the fastest club to 200 wins ever. And what they've done in the last 13 years since coming into the league is like pretty much perfect. So uh, of course they're good enough without Rui Diaz, which is terrifying, but just wait until he gets back. Brian Spencer, unbelievable manager. Um, Next question. How do you think Douglas Costa, is he meeting expectations to this point or is there more that he has to do? There's a general I think there's a general understanding that um, (laughs) microphone troubles. Love it. Um, I mean, well, we're three games into the season now. So I think there's a general understanding that it's going to take time. I think, you know, MLS is a weird league, right? You have all these big name players come in and there's just the weird world of, playing these crazy games, this crazy travel schedule. And that takes a toll on you. That takes a while on you. Um, your body's just not there yet. Things like that. So I don't think, I mean, I'm not going to f- throw around expectations. He does have a lot of those. Um, but I mean, to Josh's point, like he's talking about not really surrendering any goals off open play. I mean, they're scoring goals, right? We have to give him that. He scored two against Seattle. Um, I'm trying to pull up their past results right now as we speak. 
And let's take a look at the wonderful galaxies. Uh, okay, just kidding. I lied. So they beat NYC. Oh, so this has been an interesting team. They scored two goals in Seattle, put goose eggs up against Charlotte and NYC FC, which is really impressive, shutting out NYC FC. Um, so I'm not really worried about LA Galaxy. This is pretty similar than what we've seen last year. We talked about that a little bit on the podcast, but I'm not worried about them. I think this is a different team. Um, new signings and everything like that. So I'm not worried about Douglas Costa. I'm not worried about the Galaxy. Um, Seattle's just good. Take an L, right? It was in Seattle. It's nearly impossible to go to Seattle and win that game, unless you're Nashville, apparently. But so I'm not worried about the Galaxy at all right now. Um, they have Orlando. That'd be a tough test um, coming up next, but I'm not worried about them. I think they'll be just fine. If they keep this defense up because that was their Achilles heel last year between that and Chicharito getting hurt. Um, with Chicharito again, starting off phenomenally in the season, just like he did last year, everyone was on the Chicharito is back bandwagon. The bandwagon is back to start the season. Can he stay healthy and can the defense not be a liability? Can this three goal game not become the norm? Because I think that's what part of what killed them last year was we saw three goals way too many times and you would teach you would score twice or something and they'd lose three to two. So that can't happen again. So the defense needs to stay locked down and this game has to be an anomaly because we saw it a lot last year where letting up three goals was pretty normal. All right, let's go to our next game. Houston beating Vancouver two to one at home. Uh, Darwin Quintero scored twice for Houston with Lucas Cavallini getting Vancouver's lone goal. Uh, we forgot to mention Earlier, by the way, Tristan Blackman signed a contract extension with the Vancouver Whitecaps uh, through 2023 with, I think, option years in 2024 and 2025. So they're locking up a guy they acquired over the offseason. But yeah, not a good game for Vancouver. You want to win that one. I assume Seattle just scored. They got a penalty. Penalty. All right. Uh, To, To be determined if they scored, but they did win the penalty. Well, that's a very good sign. Next game, Philadelphia beating San Jose two to nothing. Goals by Corey Burke and Daniel Gazdag. Uh, that's the game. We got to go in detail on this one. Like we were going to begin with, but we've got to go in real detail on this one. New England lost to RSL three to two at home. The first half was basically played in a blizzard. Um, the field was like an inch, two inches of snow on it. They were had the orange ball out in between, like when the ref had blown whistles. Uh, I think the grounds crew were on the field shoveling the lines. Uh, just an absurd game. Goal? Not yet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> goals came from Emmanuel Boateng, uh, Josie Altador, his first for the club, and RSLs came from Sebastian Cordova, Justin Glad, and Tate Schmidt as Seattle scores their penalty to go one to nothing up. Um, yeah. Have you guys ever played a game in the snow? Yes, I have. I was about to say, we live in Georgia. There's no way. When? No, it was February of 2019. How much snow? 
it ended up <clears throat> snowing a couple of inches um and it started snowing while i was in the middle of playing in that saturday morning pickup interesting okay because i was going to say if you've never played in snow before think of it as kind of playing on the beach except it's a little easier to run and you're freezing um the best game by the way is full contact full winter gear soccer in like a foot of snow because you can just level your friends great elementary school game how much of this game did you guys watch because i think a lot of people tuned into it just for the spectacle of how absurd the snow was i got to see um a a decent chunk of the game I watched enough to see Emma Boateng score the first goal in the first half. And then I think after that, I started watching some other games. But yeah, I was I was just tuning in to see the snow and to see the conditions, which were pretty crazy, uh, pretty unplayable by most standards. So that was, that was fun. Drew? I did not get to watch any of the actual soccer. I did, however, watch a certain post-game press conference, which we might talk about here soon. But I got to see the pictures of it. It was cool. I saw the New England was up 3-0. I said, okay, here we go. Revs are back, baby. And then the Revs were not back. Yeah, shout out to Josie for scoring that first goal, by the way. Pretty nice finish. Good header. Typical. Um, Can you tell us about the post-game comments from Carlos Hill, because I saw them, but I can't remember them off the top of my head. Um, I can't remember exactly what he said. I don't want to paraphrase him. He said, I don't understand this a lot. (laughs) Um, He said, I don't understand many times. And then he also dropped the F-bomb. That was fun. (laughs) I'm surprised. I'm surprised you forgot that part of it. I didn't even see the F-bomb. I just saw the... He said, we cannot effing play, if I remember correctly. Oh my god! Um, yeah, so it was it was a fun. I encourage everyone to go see it. I mean, he, you know, it, it's it's just a lot of fun. How frustrated he is in that uh, interview. Shout out Carlos Hill. I love when non English speakers play because or play when non English speakers talk because, like, the first words they learn are swear words, and it's great. Um, because they just don't understand the meaning behind it. Um, anything else you guys want to add? RSL beating them for one thing is pretty big. I would just say that, you know, huge win for RSL. I think, you know, it's so easy for us to <clears throat> really kind of forget about them, I guess. They don't have a lot of big players. You know, they don't have a really, you know, I'll say like, a, glamorous coach or anything like that you know they're not in a glamorous market that will change of course as the ownership begins to pump in more money but they're off to a great start they have seven points to start the season they haven't lost yet two wins and a draw um so this is low-key a big big win for rsl i think and they've kind of flown under the under the radar to start the season all right drew anything you want to add or you good Carlos Hill, man, that was a press conference and he said words. That's, that's all, man. I don't, the game maybe 
should not have been played. I'm not sure what the whole protocol was. I know people are suckers for the orange ball. So when it pops out, we're super excited about it. But because in his post-game press conference, he said, you know, I don't care that we gave up three goals. And like, to me, what do you mean you don't care? You gave up three goals. Like that's the only thing you should care about. You gave up three goals. You blew a two nil lead at home. Um, so he's a phenomenal player. He's one of the best in the league. Love him. But that was a moment where I was just annoyed with him. Um, maybe you can make the argument that the game shouldn't have been played. I'm not sure what the protocols are for playing in snow, but that the whole idea of being mad isn't what got me. But when he said, I don't care that we gave up three goals that frustrated me because that's the only thing you should be caring about is that you gave up three goals and had two nil lead and should have won the game. Um, and also RSL was wearing white. I think, which that seems like a horrible. Yeah, decision. that was no, that was hilarious. Actually, <laughs> it was very funny. Um, here's where I'm going to counter that, Drew. The Leafs, and I'm going to tie it to the Leafs. Basically, the Leafs played a game. <laughs> the Leafs play on ice every night, man. <laughs> the Leafs played a game a few weeks ago against um, Detroit, the Red Wings. It finished. Nine to seven. Now there, you when you look at a game like that, that's just an absurd soccer game. It doesn't make sense. No, not soccer, hockey game. It doesn't make sense. It's an outlier, and I think what Carlez is meaning in that situation is this game is an outlier. They gave up three goals because these were absurd conditions. If anybody's ever played in snow, you'll know it's absurd conditions. Right? To, so this quote deserves a bit of context. <clears throat> His whole thing was he wasn't upset about he, he he said that he wouldn't um he said he would still be upset even if New England had won. He was like I don't care about the goals. I don't care that we lost. He was like I would still be upset even if we won because this game shouldn't have been played. Which all right, He's kind of lying. He definitely would not have made a huge deal out of it if they won. So I think that gives some merit to both of you guys' sides of this. But uh, he also, yeah, he he clearly doesn't care about CONCACAF World Cup qualifying or talk to Matt Turner at all um, because he can tell him there are much worse conditions that we could have played in. And snow is the least worst of them all uh it's honestly fun and you just got to live in the moment uh because you don't get many of those games and while yes it is frigidly cold and miserable when playing it it's a game where you look back 20 years from now talking with your kids or 50 years from now with your grandkids where you can look back on it and say i played in this i did that um, because that this isn't a game that's going to be forgotten anytime soon. This is an insane game. Let's go to a non-insane game, although it is kind of insane because Cincinnati won uh, two to one over Orlando. Brandon Vasquez scored a brace, and Junior Orso scored Orlando's goal. Just yikes! Is my only comment. Uh, Orlando need to wake up very, very soon. One thing I just want to say about this game, go Atlanta United 2017. That's Brandon Vasquez and Alec Can coming up big. 
Rough see Cincinnati just goes to show that Cincinnati is only five years behind the curve when it comes to building expansion teams. Uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not even going to comment on that. Alec can is no. Alec can is not as good as this next goalkeeper. And you can't even debate this at all. There's he's not even this next goalkeeper is better than any goalkeeper in the league by a country mile. Gabrielle Salina. How are you looking at me like that? He is not the best goalkeeper in MLS. Let's let's pump the brakes on the hype train just a little bit. Is he really good? Yes. Is he really good for a teenager? Yes. Is he the best keeper in MLS? No. Does he have a three-game shutout streak right now? Yes. Yeah. For now. For now. But at this point in time, he is the best goalkeeper in MLS. Look at Chicago's opponents. Look at their opponents that they've played so far. They played DC United, which it took a 96th minute penalty to score on Cincinnati. Yeah, All right. Cool. They played Inter Miami. I don't even need to say anything more <laughs> about that. And then their first game was a scoreless draw, which means that game might as well not even have been played. So let's just chill out a second. Okay. First of all, Slanina picked up an ankle injury, apparently. Oh. So, like, who even knows if he'll be fully fit the next time he's on the field or whatever the case may be. Um, side note, he was called up to the USU 20 squad, but Chicago declined the call because of said injury. So they just gave the U 20, they just gave the U 20 team, their other U 20 goalkeeper, Chris Brady, because apparently Chicago is just stockpiling teenage goalkeeper. Like it's just not fair prospects. (laughs) Not fair. It's just not fair. I hate it. Uh, but yeah, Chicago started off the season really well. Have not allowed a goal yet. Big part of that is Gabby Slini, uh, Slanina. Next game, Dallas beat Nashville in another sort of surprising win. Uh, at home, two to nothing. Franco Hara scored a penalty, and Alan Velasco scored a really nice run uh, on his debut. So Velasco already making... Uh, putting his mark on MLS. Uh, we'll talk about him a little bit more later. Colorado beat SKC 2-0 at home. Uh, Diego Rubio and Mark Anthony K scored those goals. Next game, Portland uh, won only one nothing against Austin. There were 27 shots in the game, only a single goal. That goal coming from Bill Tuloma. You're muted, Josh. Tui Loma. Tui Loma. Thank you. Uh, I believe he's a New Zealand international, right? I don't know, actually. That would be cool. A Kiwi. I think he's a Kiwi. He might not. He is. He, he is. is. There we go. Confirmed. Um, I'd assume potentially one of the only ones. Yeah, one of the few ones in MLS. Wow, I also didn't know he was that young. He's only 26. You say young. That's five years older than me. The silence says a lot. Um, Anyway. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Another game we're going in depth on because you two want to talk about it. And Josh, you were at the game. Atlanta barely beat Charlotte two to one at home. Joseph Martinez scored a penalty and Jake Mulraney school scored. And then Charlotte got their first school that counted. Uh, We'll ignore the 
one that was called off by VAR. Thanks a lot for that, VAR. Uh, from Adam Armour, I think is... Uh, yeah, it's just Adam Armour. Adam Armour, 19-year-old draft pick. First goal in club history. Did they celebrate in Mercedes-Benz? Josh, like, did they even realize that was their first ever goal? Oh, yeah. There was a, a good amount of Charlotte fans at Mercedes-Benz Stadium this past week, which was honestly really cool. The you, the away section that Atlanta United has for away teams um, isn't very big, but it was completely packed, which is not usually the case, only really when Nashville's in town, um, even Red Bulls a little bit. Um, and then there were even, like, Charlotte fans sitting behind me and my friend for this game, which that was really fun. It was fun interacting with them there somewhat new you know they're asking why are you guys booing brad gazan and i was like because he sucks um no i'm just kidding i was like no it's because of his last name um, but i did say i would boo him if he was bad and he was bad in a couple of moments in this game because he's a typical. terrible goalkeeper yeah, we know you don't have to you you don't have to persuade us okay we've agreed with you for months now you have agreed um, with him. Initially he, is he is meh he is meh he is not worth matt the turner of- that's it. He's an average goalkeeper with a great goalkeeper contract. He's meh. He is nowhere near worth the amount of money we pay him. But anyway, I digress. Um, so, yeah, the Charlotte fans definitely knew. They definitely recognized the moment. It was just really cool uh, to see them get to celebrate that. Um, and it was well-deserved. Charlotte was controlling the game at that point, um, which made it all the more soul-crushing for their fans, which I took great joy in. I, I was like – like we're going like hard celebrating, you know, high fives all around. We're yelling, screaming. And I turned back to the Charlotte fans and I just went, I'm sorry. And then went right back to celebrating. It was awesome. And then, and then I turned back around and they left. They were already gone. They just oh, you're bolted. so mean. <laughs> oh my God. That's so mean. Did the Atlanta fans realize that was their first goal though? Um, I'm sure a decent amount did. It's not like, you know, I, I'll, I'll be honest. Like I, I felt, you know, I was pretty happy for their fans, especially those that were in attendance and got to see them in person because that's such a, you know, they'll, they'll never forget that. Like, I'll never forget seeing Emil Assad's goal when he first scored for Atlanta. Um, so a cool moment for those fans that were in attendance for sure. What's he up to now? He was on D.C. Is he still there? Somewhere in South America, I think. Went back, Should be in went Atlanta. Back down there. Shout out yeah, Rob Ussery. Yeah, I was going to say, Rob, you know Rob. He's got that special Yamil Assad shaped hole in his heart. Um, but Drew, you said you were able to watch this game um, as, you know, I guess Charlotte's your 15 that you're a fan of. <laughs> uh, chalk it up the list since you're a Charlotteite. I don't know what to call you. Um, Fifth or is it sixth? A, a Charlotte? Is that what you a Charlinian? Oh, I don't like any of those. Um, what What is your sort of takeaway? So, you know, like I just said, um, Charlotte really kind of took over in that second half, by the way, Atlanta played a really good first half, um, but they just did not take advantage of their chances. Um, and some great goalkeeping, by the way, on behalf of Charlotte, like, I don't know how to pronounce his name, so I'm not going to even try. Um, Atlanta, by the way, also missing miles Robinson due to suspension. Yeah. That's the third different center back pairing in the first three games for Atlanta because of suspensions and other things. So that's not, it's not been a place of stability so far for the team, but yeah, so Atlanta dominated first half. Charlotte came out, um, really started punching back, got that goal, and then, of course, Atlanta scores at the end. Drew, what's your kind of early assessment, especially for watching a whole game for both of these teams now? Like, what 
what's kind of your takeaway for these teams? Anything that they should be worried about? Anything they should be building on uh, as they, they move forward from this game? Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure if to be worried about Atlanta or not. I mean, I think one of the bigger concerns was, like you said, I don't know about you, but watching that game, watching the first half, seeing chance after chance, whether it be a missed opportunity or, like you said, a good save or things like that, you started to worry, like, is this going to come back and bite Atlanta in the butt? Like, is Atlanta going to drop points? And we'll just be looking at it like, oh, if they had converted one of these, you know, five chances, then Atlanta would be up big. So that was the big concern to start with. Um, and then I think every time Joseph Martinez kind of touches the field, everyone just expects him to score a goal. And then he'd gone, what, two games, hadn't scored a goal, even though he had two assists. And, you know, everyone was like, oh, is he back to his scoring? You know, what's going on here? He got a penalty. So maybe it's one of those situations where you score one, the rest come in bunches. So I'm not too concerned about Atlanta yet. I think when you're starting a season, one of those last things that comes is that final finishing touch. Um, it's their credit. I mean, they got a win, right? They got a pin. And then uh, Jake Morini um, came off the bench. He got a really good goal there in the, it might've been the last minute or the last couple of minutes. I'm not sure. So I'm not really worried about Atlanta yet, just because a lot of guys are still missing. Um, I think Tiago Almada is in Atlanta. I think he's training with the team. So any day now, well, no, he got his first touches in the game. I think he came on 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. He came on, um, didn't really see him do a whole lot, but I think that was more due to Charlotte controlling the game like Josh did at that point. But so I'm not too concerned about Atlanta just because I think it'll start to gel. They'll start scoring goals. And for Charlotte, I'm pretty excited just because they, you know, with DC United losing that game, I think that was three nil, but everyone, the general consensus is it wasn't a three nil loss. You'd had a goal called back. You had a pin, you had some weird deflections, um, and then you lose one nil to LA galaxy off a banger goal. And then against Atlanta, you go on the road and Jake Moraney pulls something out as a super sub and gets a really good goal to end it. So it looks really bad on paper, which is the frustrating part because I mean, a loss is a loss. There are no moral victories, right? Like you drop three points, but Charlotte, I mean, they've, they haven't looked terrible. I mean, every game has been, this is a decent expansion side. So I'm really excited about Charlotte. I think they have a lot to build on. They haven't just been absolutely dominated, you know, for one game, except for that possession when Atlanta felt like they could have scored five goals in a half, you know, but every game they've played in, they've come close to, and they had a good opponent. Um, LA Galaxy, obviously that's no slouch. Um, and then your first game in history, that's just so hard to really count that game. But, yeah, I'm excited about Charlotte. I think they will start to grow and become a much better team as the season goes on, as expansion teams do. Um, they're still learning a lot, and they haven't – they have the revs. That's going to be tough at home. But then they get the matchup of the season, Charlotte FC, FC Cincinnati in Charlotte, March 26th. So maybe then, maybe then – they'll get their first win. But yeah, I'm not discouraged about Charlotte. They've shown me a lot of good things and I think it's going to be really exciting um, when those things start to click and things have been bouncing the other way lately. And I think at some point it'll start to even out. Did they not play Cincinnati twice? I assume so. They probably play them in Charlotte and they go to Cincinnati uh, in September. Okay. So it'll be quite a while. Um but yeah, that'll be a very interesting matchup, Charlotte versus Cincinnati. 
but we'll go to our last game. Minnesota uh, got a one nothing road win against New York Red Bull. Uh, Luis Amarilla won, uh, scored the goal that gave Minnesota the win. And that's all the games. We got through all of them. Now, though, that's left is, A, our fantasy update. Um, but before that, our players of the week, goals of the week, and our games to watch. We'll start with players of the week. And I will have Mr. Boland go first because his is related to the last game we talked about. Yeah, uh, really, really good goalkeeping heroics from Dane St. Clair in that 1-0 road win from Minnesota. So I picked him as player of the week. Also important to note, Red Bull's expected goals from that game was like 3.2. And I think Minnesota's was barely above one. So the the fact that they had generated that many chances and were unable to come away with a goal says um, so much about St. Clair's performance. And then I picked Brandon Vasquez as my other because of his um, game-winning brace for Cincinnati over Orlando. All right. Drew, what are you, who is your player of the week? My player of the week is Daryl Banks the third because he just lead led St. Peter's to beating number two Kentucky by six. Will you stop? No one cares, okay? No one cares. <laughs> Holy crap. Especially an idiot who picked all the two seeds to go to the Final Four. You know, oh. that poor moron. Uh, you know, night ruined, tournament ruined, whatever. Uh-huh. I knew I was giving away those 20 bucks when I signed on. You, oh, you're so dumb. You put money on a tournament. I won the whole thing back in 2015, baby, and I will hold on to that. And I finished second the next year. I've won hundreds of dollars from this tournament. I hate to tournament. break it to you, Josh, but that was six and seven years ago. Yeah. I don't care. I said I don't care. I meant it. <laughs> All right. You're still positive. We'll take that. Uh, I used to be still positive. Uh, but my real player of the week, Talis Magno, uh, one goal and assist against Montreal. And I think he scored in the Champions League game, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So he has had a really good week for NYCFC, which is why he gets my player of the week nod behind the guy who just beat Kentucky because I already forgot his name. Something Washington. I think Daryl Banks, the third shout out DB three. I thought I'd be listening to man. <laughs> That's I, Washington. I saw something about a guy named Washington. Um, might've been a guy named Washington eliminated Washington. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, my player of the week was Darwin Quintero scored two goals against Vancouver, as we mentioned. Uh, and speaking of Darwin Quintero going to goals of the week, um, Darwin Quintero was my goal of the week with his absolute screamer from just outside the box. Uh, really, really nice hit to beat, I assume, Thomas Asal, uh, the Vancouver goalkeeper. Just such a nice shot. Um, I was frankly surprised neither of you picked it, but, you know, is what it is. Um, Josh, I'll have you go next. What was your goal of the week? I picked Alan Velasco. and. It was a slight deflection on the initial kick. However, because of the great solo effort, the run, the fact that it was mere minutes after taking the field for the first time, just the whole, whole package in general, I felt deserved goal of the week for me. I mean, what a way to make an entrance. And, uh, you know, as, as the fan of a club that also signed a really young, promising Argentine attacker, 
who did not score on his debut, you know, I'm feeling some jealousy. All right. Drew, what was your goal of the week? My goal of the week, uh, Luis Amaria's goal against the New York Red Bulls. It was a good, what do you want to say, a half folly ish thing, hit it out of the air. Good goal. I think it was the first goal of the game. Um, so, yeah, I love volleys. I'm a sucker for volleys, and it was a good goal. All right. And finally, we'll go to games to watch. I will have Drew go first because his is at least semi related to his goal of the week. Yes, I went with the New York Red Bulls versus the Columbus Crew Sunday at 2 p.m. Uh, Columbus on top to start the season. I think the Red Bulls are third in the Eastern Conference. Smack dab in the middle of that is Philadelphia. So this is kind of looking like a really good early season matchup between my supporter shield picks and the Red Bulls, who look like they're on a really good tear to start the season off. So I'm excited about this. I think we'll see these two teams in the playoffs. Um, so that got my game of the week. <gasps> Right. Drew, not Drew, Josh, what is your game of the week? Yeah, I'm actually going with Charlotte versus New England. Uh, I want to see how New England respond to what was a soul-crushing, devastating three-goal lead collapse. And then I also want to see Charlotte come back home, see what they can do. You know, like Drew said, um, they've just they're building a good foundation. It's time to see them take the next step, and it would be really great to see them get a win in front of their home fans. All right, and my game is FC Cincinnati versus Inter-Miami Saturday at 1 p.m. We'll see which of the bottom feeders will get the points to take them out of the bottom. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I just think it could be an interesting, very wide-open game and could be quite a lot of fun. Let's do our fantasy update. Um, I am climbing. I continue to climb. I'm happy with how I've been doing. I thought I was going to do worse last week than I did, but uh, everybody around me seemed to struggle as well. We'll start off with our top three before going to, uh, we'll start off with our top five because I want to say the fourth team's name um, before giving our three places. We're starting off with Avenue BFC uh, with Ketchum leading the way with 276 points, two twos in a row. Nelson uh, with 268 is in second. Third is USMNTSC with a name I can definitely not say. Um, They're from Poland. They're from Poland? Yeah. Shout out this person. Do you know them? Yes. I've um, sent them a couple of season previews for Lane. They they publish a full-on MLS magazine every year. That's actually really cool. Something online. And they did a print edition this year. So, But yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it either. Okay, cool. Well, USMNTSC uh, is sitting one point behind two twos in a row and Nelson uh, at 267 points. And one point behind them is Moron FC, uh, who is uh, Snee or Snee. Apologies if I said that incorrectly on 266. And then Real AVC or Verdeja. Uh, is sitting with 253 and fifth in terms of where we are bringing up the bottom, uh, losing to his brother, Mr. Josh Boland with fantasy soccer sucks sitting on 122 points. His brother, by the way, on 140. Um, next up is Mr. Hubbard 
who is sitting in 15th with 172 points. Good week last week, scoring 60. And then I am sitting in 11th with 206 points, uh, 67 points last week. So hopefully an improvement this week, but Josh continues to suck and probably has given up at this point. Am I correct? I I fielded a good lineup. I fielded a strong lineup, and I, I did a good job of setting my lineup for the first three weeks. But, yeah, it's time to time to phone it in, boys. I, I just looked at my, my roster, and, like, every guy on my team got one point. So that's it. I quit. That's just bad roster construction. And it's just no, like- no, it's not. No, it's not. I had a good roster. I picked good players. I picked a good team. I did make the mistake of picking Miles Robinson, who didn't play. But that's it. Everybody else got like one point. So, yeah, I'm done. Let me pull up your team. Can I see it? I can. Earl Edwards. Good run, boys. Huh? It was oh. a good run, boys. Yeah. Uh, you did get Dom Moore. Thing is, you don't take advantage of your bench. Is the issue. Um, the bench doesn't score you any points. Yes, it does. What? Yeah, the bench fills in for any players who don't play. Oh, well, whatever. It's that that's only one player for me. It doesn't matter. Yeah, also, but I can't believe you said Dom Moore. It's Drew Moore. He played Drew for Moore. Toronto for years. Oh my god. I don't know why I thought it was Dom Moore. Uh Drew Moore, you're right. You, you gotta build your team better. You gotta use the bench to take some risky flyers on some guys. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll do that. Yeah, for sure. You're never doing this again. Um nope. yeah. Drew, there's nothing else to say. Take us out with Seattle leading one nothing. Yes, Seattle leads 1-0 in the 60th minute, up 4-0 on aggregate. So it looks like uh, the temperature for CCL fever is going up just a little bit. But it'll go down next week when uh, one of them beats the other one. And then they probably lose in penalty kicks because soccer is meaningless. Oh, that was close chance. Um, But yes, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, be sure to tune in next week as we talk about CCL, MLS, and North Americans abroad, everything in between. And as always, please uh, visit the website, mlsmultiplex.com to check out awesome written content from our team of writers as they keep you up to date on soccer as it happens. Um, You can follow the website on Twitter at mlsmultiplex to see stories as they get tweeted. You can find us three on Twitter, myself at underscore Drew Hubbard, Josh at Josh underscore Boland, and Connor at CWG Somerville. Uh, So be sure to check us out on social media. Visit the website um, because a lot of awesome soccer content coming at you. And as always, be sure to tune in next week because we will have more soccer nonsense to talk to you about, and we will talk to you then. Subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for listening to the MLS Multiplex podcast. Check out all of the contributors' written work at MLSMultiplex.com. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.